Welcome to the Rich Room, where we are honestly just out here trying to survive. Am I right? I'm your host, Lindsay Sobel. And although it sometimes feels like I'm only out here surviving, the reality is is that I'm handling obstacles and challenges better than I ever fucking have before. Well, except for today, but Poe Buddy's nerfect. Um, I'm a little low today. I'm back on the Mississippi Gulf Coast for a few days. I moved to Miami on October 1st, and when I did so, I only had one suitcase and a cat carrier and a backpack. I think you should be allowed more than two carry-ons. You only get two, and that includes your fucking purse, which is so fucking annoying. Well, the plan was to come back for a weekend to ship all of my stuff and my car to the new house in Miami. I flew to Jackson on Saturday to see Heather McMahon. More on that later. Then I took the train from Jackson to New Orleans on Sunday. I felt like a very savvy traveler. I got my own private room. It was so relaxing and I would totally do it again. My only critique is that they really need fucking Wi-Fi on those trains. Then on Monday, I had a revision surgery scheduled. A few months ago, I had my ears pinned back. And I also had my right ear fixed so that it didn't look like I had an elf ear anymore, which is how I just was born. Well, the surgery kind of made it worse. So I had a revision surgery on Monday. And let me tell you, my ass learned a very important lesson from the last time that I had the surgery. Last time I did not get my roots done, my grays covered, prior to having my surgery. And so then like a week later when I had a hair appointment, I was told by my doctor that I'm not allowed to get my hair colored for another six weeks. So your girl was gray as fuck. And it honestly wasn't that bad. I feel like at some point I could go gray. Well, I learned and I got my roots done Monday morning before my surgery. And I did not have to go under anesthesia or anything. I was just numbed from medication, I guess locally. And I was awake the entire time, which was kind of weird. Um, I did have a Valium, though, which definitely helped. Then on Tuesday, I came to Gulfport. And I was pretty tired and I didn't realize how tired I would be after my surgery. So I stayed in my PJs all day and I rested. Well, then on Wednesday, I ran errands in the morning. I got food from one of my favorite places, Good Karma. They make a lavender cake that is out of this world. I got my boxes out and I had every intention of going through them. But I just didn't. Well, Thursday rolls around and this podcast is supposed to come out. I haven't done shit and I'm supposed to ship all the stuff and I realize I'm leaving town tomorrow to go to New Orleans and I have a fucking breakdown. I realize it's not going to get done. I get very upset with myself and I start to have a bit of a meltdown. Even though for the past like three weeks I have been crushing it. I have not gotten upset about anything. Any obstacle that came my way I was like dodging them like dodgeball you can dodge a wrench you can dodge a ball 
for some reason, being around all of my shit that I've accumulated over the years, that was in the home that I shared with another person for six years, really fucking triggers me. And now I'm an avoider. I used to call myself a procrastinator until I got into therapy and was told that I was avoiding because I had anxiety. And I was like, nah, -uh. but uh-huh, he was spot on. It took me a long time to get myself into therapy. Even though, looking back, it was apparent that I needed it bad, like when I was 17. The pandemic really revealed a lot of shit for people. We learned about Tiger King and Carol Baskin. We were shown how incredibly crazy people can get. And I was hit in the face with a ton of bricks with a note tied around them, secured with a rubber band that said, Lindsay, get your bitch ass into therapy. I actually didn't start talk therapy then, and I didn't see a therapist because, quite frankly, I didn't know that there was a doctor, you see, who writes medications for your crazy, and then there's a doctor that you talk to about your crazy. I chose the medication and made an appointment with a psychiatrist. I hope that's right. Brandy, let me know if that's right or not. But what made me really reach out to a doctor is that I had like a panic attack or an anxiety attack that lasted almost 12 hours and I didn't get out of bed the whole day and I was like hysterically crying the whole time. I don't even think I got out of bed to pee. I could not get myself out of it. It was awful. I felt stuck and my partner really did not know how to handle it. I was working as a litigation associate at the time, working long hours, which was fine for me then. I was good at an office job for the longest time. I used to have my mom take my daughter to school sometimes and I would go to the office super early, like at 6.30 a.m. I was so fucking productive between the time I arrived and when most people arrived at like 9 a.m. It was quiet, peaceful. I had a killer office overlooking the Mississippi River and I would watch the sun come up. It was amazing. But all that time working in an office really distracted me from all the issues I was dealing with. Also, my daughter was young and all of her needs, without a doubt, came first. I was also putting my partner's needs before mine. So I'm distracting myself and neglecting myself, but I'm so distracted that I don't even realize it. I remember that I had jury duty on March 13th, 2020. This was my first jury duty. Jury duty. <laughs> This was my first jury duty notice in New Orleans, and I was kind of excited. I would love to get picked for a jury. I would be all over that shit, which is probably why I'll never sit on a jury. Well, I called the number to see if I had a report and was told that jury duty had been suspended. And if I recall correctly, we went home that Friday and did not come back until June. Holy shit, was that a Friday the 13th? Oh my God, it was. Whoa. Well, during the pandemic, I was definitely still working, but when working at home, I regained almost like four hours of my day back from like getting dressed, doing my makeup, doing my hair, commuting, parking, trying to find a parking spot, all the bullshit. Having those extra hours in my day was not helpful to distracting me from the fact that I neglected myself for like all of my adult life. And I started having more episodes. I would basically just cry, like hyperventilating, crying. And it felt really uncontrollable. Well, then the one day, like I said, I had an anxiety attack slash panic attack, whatever you want to call it. I had an episode that lasted almost 12 hours and it actually kind of fucking scared me. 
So I made an appointment with a psychiatrist, and this was at the very, very, very fucking beginning of telehealth. And so the quality was kind of piss poor. I forgot his name, but I did not like him that much. But he was all I had. And here's the thing that I did not realize about most psychiatrists and psychologists. Most, I found, do not run the fee for the appointment through your health insurance. You pay, and then you report it to your health insurance yourself. And who fucking knows if your health insurance covers it or not? I've switched jobs quite a few times, and I've been with at least four different health insurance carriers. And the only insurance that I saw that provided counseling only allowed for a 30-minute session once a month. I've been going once a week for an hour for months, and it's still not enough. I honestly could keep talking for way longer than an hour, and there have been times when I have gone over my time limit. So 30 minutes once a month ain't doing shit for no one. That's like a fucking tease. Can I just go off on health insurance for a minute? Um, health insurance needs to be a class in high school and college. What the fuck is a PPO and a HMO? I honestly still don't even know what a deductible means in the health insurance world, and it's crazy that you have to do it every year before your stupid plan kicks in. We have some fucking issues. And every place I've worked never explained what the benefits meant. Like, yes, they gave me the paperwork and I can surely read words that I don't know, but I'm just reading and not comprehending. Maybe I'm alone in this, but I would have loved someone to show me the ropes on this shit because I still don't even know how to navigate it. I was so paranoid about getting into therapy. I didn't want there to be notes on what I said, and I even asked the doctor if he could not take notes during my session. He said that it would be unethical, and after he explained that he needs the notes to treat me and track my symptoms after the medication, I understood. I also decided that the risk of someone seeing my therapy notes, which was very low, was outweighed by the fact that something was seriously going on with me and I needed help. And I tried to get in with a major healthcare system in New Orleans, but I couldn't get an appointment for months. It was wild. So I saw him and he diagnosed me with panic attacks, anxiety, and depression. The triple threat. And he put me on Lexapro. Honey, Lexapro does wonders. I think I was on it for about a year. It really helped take some of the super fucking intense feelings off of me and allowed me to function more normally. I really am proud of myself for taking that first step into therapy because I was really against it for a while. Not that I thought it was pointless, I just thought that I didn't need it. Isn't that some funny shit? Come to find out I'm super fucked up, but I'm getting better. Hold the fucking phone. Bath and Body Works did a limited preview of the new winter seasonal candles. Obviously, I was there. I got four fresh balsam candles. They were buy one, get one, a BOGO, if you will. Y'all remember those Pay Less Shoes BOGO commercials? For the longest time, I did not know BOGO meant buy one, get one. So the signature winter candle is not available in the stores, but it is available online, and that's a little hot candle tip for you. I like my candles BBW, Bath and Body Works. I have to be completely honest with y'all. I could not give less of a fuck about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey dating. I mean, no more than I care about any two hot, famous people dating. It's like, oh, they are dating. Good for her. I bet they will have cute babies. But we know we will get some songs out of this relationship. Maybe something called Go Straight to Hell Kale. Or like um, The Fifth Quarter Tumble. 
that's what dances were called in high, in high school after the football games. Fifth quarter. Pretty clever, right? God bless Taylor for dating a professional athlete. I feel like people really build up the idea of dating a pro athlete, but to me, that sounds fucking awful. Your entire life revolves around them. Your weekends are dominated by like four hour long games where you have to find parking or get an Uber, then go through security, then make sure you have a clear bag or you can't get in and you're going to have to stash your purse in the bushes. Don't get me wrong, professional sports games are really fun and entertaining and really bring people so much joy and community. My issue is the time commitment. I got shit to do. I cannot be watching a four-hour game. That's absurd. But I really went all in with the sports thing when I was in a relationship and even purchased season tickets for the New Orleans Saints football team. Bitch, I purchased golf clubs, golf shoes. I just saw those fucking golf shoes and almost threw them out the fucking window. I got so mad. I will tell y'all one thing. I learned from my past relationship that I am willing to go all the way in. Now that I know I can do that, I'm not ever, ever giving away that kind of effort without it being matched in the beginning. I also cannot stand how the loss of a game totally determines someone's mood. Acting like some damn children when your team loses. Get your shit together. So the New York City Housewives finale aired... I took a look at Pavin's Instagram. As you recall, there was an issue with him going to Vietnam for 24 hours just to come back, but he bought a $15,000 ticket that cost $900 and it's first class all the way, caviar, champagne, et cetera, et cetera. Well, his Instagram looks like he's basically a travel influencer. His thing is to go travel in first class and post about it. So the Vietnam thing no longer seems weird to me. The finale was kind of blah, except for Bryn's birthday party that was supposed to be a masked party, and no one showed up in masks. Completely hate that no one was wearing a mask to Bryn's party, and Bryn had the worst mask of all. It was some, like, busted Mardi Gras bootleg bullshit lion mane thing. And every time someone came up to her and was like, oh my God, no one's wearing their mask. She goes, look, I have a mask on. I'm so proud of David for apologizing to Uba about asking her why she doesn't have a man in front of everybody. Sai was like, David would never hurt anyone. That's not it, Sai. I think we need to be accountable for our unintended effects of our actions. Just like the situation I'm currently in. My mom very graciously allowed me to put my boxes of belongings in her house. And they are bins. They're actually bins that I purchased at Home Depot. And I was very organized in this move. And I got bins with lens that stack perfectly one on top of the other. Well, all of the bins look the same. And I have gone through each and every bin and separated the bins out that I'm taking and moved the ones that I'm not taking. Well, I love my mom, but she just decided to move whatever the fuck she wanted to move. And... It has caused me some problems. Now, I don't think that she had any bad intentions, but the effect is you're putting me in a motherfucking bind. And I'm sure she's going to call me right after she listens to this episode, and we're going to fucking talk about it. Um, the only thing I wish she would have done and just told me she was moving my boxes before, so I kind of asked her not to. Okay? Okay, back to New York. So we obviously know from the preview that Sai spilled the beans and told Bryn that Uba is dating a delicious man from Connecticut. The way this all unfolded was Uba told Aaron about the question from Sai's husband about why she doesn't have a man and how it was rude. 
Aaron then tells Sai that Uba told her this and said she might want to tell David. I think Sai gets angry that Uba got offended and retaliated quickly with, oh, she's good, she's seeing someone, because Sai immediately wanted to retract that shit. But her bitch ass got triggered, and we are blind when we are triggered. Apparently, Aaron, Sai, and Brain go to dinner off camera, and I guess Sai tells them more info about Uba's delicious Connecticut man. So these bitches are, like, obviously plotting behind the scenes about what they can and cannot bring up. I mean, this is, like, strategy. What the fuck is Brynn doing talking about Aaron grievances? This isn't Festivus. It's very reminiscent of Marisol from Miami saying, uh, let's play a game. Who at the table do you trust the least? Brynn's annoying bringing that shit up, and it's so transparent. And these bitches are coming at Jessel honestly for no fucking reason. They say she doesn't open up, but she actually opened up from the jump and talked about her sex life. All the girls made fun of her and jumped down her fucking throat. So why the fuck would she open up to you guys again? So, the scene that really was the only interesting part of the entire finale. Uba is sitting in the corner eating and she's on the phone with someone, presumably delicious Connecticut man. Bryn sees Uba on the phone and she's knowing this information and she's looking at her and she's like salivating, wanting to say something. I think Bryn's kind of jealous, honestly, and wants to blow up Uba's spot. So, I guess Uba gets off the phone and Bryn goes, Uba, I hear you got a man in Connecticut. Uba gets mad. Uba gets mad and leaves. Sai starts screaming at Bryn. Bryn says that Sai brought it up on camera. So Bryn thought she was being clever bringing this shit up, and it's actually just really fucking rude. I could do without Bryn and Sai next season. Bryn is so annoying telling Jessel she didn't stand up for herself. I think that she did. She didn't raise her voice. She said, we're fine, but I don't want to be best friends. And let's go get a shot. Bryn told Jessel that she was confusing standing up for herself with being ratchet. Um, well, in the previews from the reunion, Bryn is giving full fucking ratchet. She says something to Uba like, um, you put people in the hospital, I put people in the funeral home. It's not cool to say you're going to kill somebody. First of all, you need to go to jail. Second, you ain't gonna do shit. I feel like she might be all bark. And I haven't seen anyone talking about this, so I have no idea if anyone feels the same way, but... Bryn's like weird obsession with Jenna and saying that she's going to be a lesbian but she's not a lesbian is odd to me. And she definitely flirts with Jenna hardcore and even one time like put Jenna's finger in her mouth and like seductively like licked it. This is a show so this shit might have been pre-planned between Jenna and Bryn but as a viewer it comes off slightly harassy. Like slightly. And I feel like people aren't just talking about it because it's girl on girl. And we hypersexualize females. Okay, I'll get off my Barbie soapbox. Y'all want to talk about the law of attraction? Okay, so I finally got home internet. Thank you for, thank you to everyone who prayed for my internet installation. It totally worked. So we are seven episodes in, and when the first and when the podcast first started, I was talking about Maurizio Umansky, aka the estranged Mr. Kyle Richards. Told him that I love him. Tell him I'll learn Spanish. He's Jewish. Cut to AT&T royally fucking me with no internet for 14 days. I said the last episode that AT&T better send their hottest AT&T technician to make up for the extreme internet delay. Well, guess who walks in through my door during the internet appointment? 
a hot AT&T technician named, you guessed it, Maurizio. He asked me for a glass of water. Now, I don't have any glasses or cups because I just moved in, and the only cup I had I was using, so I had to go pour out my water, wash my cup, fill it up with ice, and fill it up with water, and give it back to my future husband, Maurizio. But he wasn't really interested, so I left him alone. But isn't that funny? Speaking of Maurizio Umansky, people are getting pretty fucking suspicious that his split from Carl Richards is allegedly not real. I started watching last seasons of Beverly Hills Housewives, and Mo and Kyle look happy as fuck, dancing at Garcelle's birthday party. Kyle's doing her thing, doing the splits on the dance floor like a damn flexible fool, with Mo dancing right next to her. And I'm sorry, but nothing about that indicates marital issues. The most worrisome thing for me is that Maurizio is on Dancing with the Stars. It feels like a downgrade. Or... Are they trying to ride the Scandaball wave since Ariana is also on Dancing with the Stars? To make matters worse, the looks for solo interviews were revealed and Kyle is wearing almost the exact same outfit that Ariana wore on Vanderpump Rules reunion. It was that red cutout number. I think that Kyle thinks that she is the next Kris Jenner and tried to manufacture a sex tape, or in this case, a lesbian affair for publicity for their reality show, Buying Beverly Hills. Like, why would you have Morgan Wallace on the show if you weren't trying to make people think that you're having an affair? No one else really has storylines about their friends. Like, I'm sure over, like, the past 10 years or how many fucking years Kyle Richards has been on this show, I'm sure she's made a new friend or two over the years, but we never saw it because that would be fucking weird. It's weird and it feels staged. Well, it premieres next week, so we will fucking see. I don't know about y'all, but I am fucking fed up with healthcare right now. I've had some wrist pain and decided to make an appointment with the doctor. And the quickest I could get in was two months out. I called every week to see if they had a cancellation and nothing. When I go for my appointment, I had to wait three fucking hours before I saw the doctor. This is absolutely unacceptable. And this is not just for the hand doctor. I've had the same experience with the gynecologist and the dermatologist. I made Madison's first gynecologist appointment and it took six fucking months to get in. I know people say that free healthcare comes with longer wait times for elective care, but isn't that what's already happening? I don't know the answer, but this shit ain't it. Have y'all heard of Google Image Search? I just recently learned what it is. Apparently, it's a part of Google where you can put a photo in the search and it will tell you about that photo. Like, I took a picture of a bird and it told me what kind of bird it is. Freaking amazing. Also, ChatGPT, you can ask it to write almost anything for you. Anything. It's absolutely magical. So an episode of Southern Charm aired, and as you'll recall, uh, Taylor and Austin apparently had conversations with their families about whether or not they wanted to be together. Also, Taylor stayed at Austin's house, and then Taylor swore on her life that she and Austin had never hooked up or anything. Oh, and she did this to Olivia, and Olivia is apparently her fucking best friend. Oh, and Taylor said in like a solo interview that she was well within her right to pursue Austin because they were both single. Um, that's your best friend's ex. You don't do that to your friend. I really hate to say this because I actually like Taylor, but she's giving me Rachel, formerly known as Raquel, energy. You know, I gave Hot Rod a hard time for his 
snack and beverage choice for his date with Olivia, but he has redeemed himself in my eyes. Austin told Hot Rod that he saw Olivia making out with another guy at the bar and that, you know, oh, I just think you should know, bro. And Hot Rod was like, she's single. And when he was telling someone the story, he's like, he's trying to slut shame her. Good for Hot Rod. I love Craig's coat that he wore to Taylor's party, but it doesn't scream ski. It screams, I am Knuff. I absolutely love Craig. As soon as he leaves the bar, he wants to get into athleisure wear, and I can totally relate to that. I need to know more about Rodrigo and Tyler. I feel like they are not getting enough airtime, and they deserve it. Southern Charm is like one of the only shows where the dudes have more drama. So Austin and Shep talk, and Shep point blank asks Austin if they hooked up, if him and Taylor hooked up, and he goes, defined hooked up. Austin is such a pussy. He cannot handle anything. So Austin tells him that they kissed, and that's it. That's hard to believe, but possible. Shep forgives Austin, which I guess is so professional of him. Such a bitch move for Austin to convince Taylor to lie to Olivia and then tell the truth to Shep. He is absolutely spineless. Honey, I am taking notes from Craig's girlfriend, Paige DeSorbo. If I ever live with a romantic partner, I will for sure have my own room. It is a non-negotiable at this point. Oh, and my own full bathroom with a tub. Okay, thank you. Shep crying about his dog seeing Taylor felt very genuine and very real, and I've never seen him have that reaction before. Maybe he does love Taylor. Maybe they should be together. So Olivia has no idea that Austin and Taylor kissed, and everyone at the party all know that Austin and Taylor kissed. And Olivia walks into this pheasant attack dinner and gets bombarded by Taylor, who tells her that she lied to her. Olivia needs to get the fuck out of Charleston. Ugh. And Olivia's walking in, and Austin is such a fucking pussy. He's looking at Paige. He's like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Get a fucking grip, bro. Gah. So the only text messages I have received are addressed to Darren, which is not me, but this is what I received. Hey, Darren, this weekend is about to be dope. Come through at Cookies on Flamingo for the weekend extravaganza. Gumbo and friends, meet and greet alert. Enjoy fire deals from Dab Woods, Grower Circles, Redwood Cultivation, Uncle Arnie's, Ditsy and more. Who the fuck is Darren? Someone else text me so that I can get, so I can have a fucking text message. 504-224-9919. Thanks. So Drake's new album came out and I started listening to it and it's fine. I haven't heard the whole thing though because it's 23 fucking songs. Drake says he's taking a break from rapping and like, yeah, no shit. You just gave us like two albums. And I guess there's some lyrics in there that Drake is saying that sex was lame with Rihanna. And I don't know why Drake is out here telling on himself that he's lame at sex. He literally said at some award show that he was in love with Rihanna. I love Drake, but then I don't like fake beefs that sprout up every single time he comes out with an album. He has an issue with someone and he wrote, I thank God for this life and not having to come to rush conclusions on Best Buy podcast mics. Ouch. First off, rude my podcast mic is from best buy where all the fuck else do you get mics amazon tried that shit and the quality was shit there are about five recorded episodes that will never 
see the light of day. And guess what mic I was using? Amazon. Does that mic have anything to do with the poor quality? No. Man, I was so self-conscious and not confident at all. That was before I met Brandy, my favorite therapist. And not only do I love my therapist, not in a weird way, but I love Halloween. Probably in a weird way. I don't know what it is, but it just feels so fun to dress up as something. It feels creative to put a costume together, all the decorations, also the participation. Society collectively celebrates Easter, Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's Eve. And yes, I celebrate Christmas. Just really the Santa Claus of it all. Santa Claus is non-denominational. I love Halloween socks, wine glasses, oh, and the Mecca of Halloween, even though it's super corporate, Spirit Halloween. I receive a large amount of joy from the moment I walk in the Spirit Halloween store. A couple who might be needing a little joy right now is Will and Jada Smith. And we have learned that they have been separated now for seven years. I mean, is anyone surprised? I kind of felt like they had an arrangement, but whatever the arrangement, it seemed like they had a good relationship, and now it's kind of weird. I'm sure they're relieved to not be living a lie anymore. It's, it's like they keep coming back and forth for each other on social media, and I'm uncomfortable. Y'all don't get fooled by perceptions, because everyone thought that Will and Jada Smith had a perfect fucking relationship. J. Cole got fooled and literally rapped about that Jada and that Will love in the song No Role Models. He's apparently refusing to rap that line, but who knows if that's fucking true. Like J. Cole, I too was bamboozled, but it was by the Miami police. So I've lived in New Orleans for the past 10 years. Damn, that sounds like so long. I've had my car broken into several times. Everyone knows that the crime is bad in New Orleans. And it's the murder capital of the country with the highest homicide rate in any large city in the U.S. So where I live in Miami is a nice residential family area, nothing like where I've lived. So I was driving the other day, and I saw like one of those SWAT vans pulling up to this really tall bank building, and I was like, look at this shit right here. I see tons and tons of cops. Like, the street is blocked, and the cops let the SWAT van in, and I see p- people coming out of their stores to look at the this apparent bank robbery. And I'm thinking, y'all getting all worried about a damn bank robbery. We got like 30 cops out here. What the fuck are y'all going to do? This ain't shit. Do you know where I'm from? New Orleans, bitch. The murder capital. Murder. Do you hear that? Murder. Don't get your uniform dirty, officer, saving that kitten from a tree, okay? So I went on about my business, but I had to come back the same way to get back to my house. So I started driving by where this bank robbery or whatever is still going on. I drive through the detour because the street was blocked. Turns out, it wasn't a bank robbery. It wasn't a crime at all. It was a fucking first responder community event. There were refreshments and everything, even games. And my traumatized ass immediately thought it was something major. Slightly embarrassing. I read that Kat Von D has renounced witchcraft. Do y'all remember her? She had tattoos all over. I think her biggest claim to fame was that she made makeup that could cover all of your tattoos, which I think is brilliant. It is so rude of her to denounce witchcraft in October. Apparently, she's been baptized and has been saved. Weird flex, but okay. 
How do y'all feel about cream cheese on sushi? I have a, I've had this great debate about sushi and cream cheese with a, quite a few people. Um, there's a place in New Orleans called Saki Cafe where I have an order. And even in New Orleans, over the past few years, I barely left the house. I was a presence. I had a special Lindsay order in the POS system at Saki Cafe on Magazine Street. It's a banana roll with no rice, and of course it has cream cheese on it. I don't eat sushi unless it has cream cheese on it. But I have friends who have excellent palates, but they do not believe that cream cheese belongs on sushi. And I have never disagreed with something more. So, my flight from Miami wasn't bad. I did wear a mask, though. My brother went to Disney World in Orlando with some of his friends, and he came back with COVID, and the rest came back with strep throat. And I do not want to get sick. I just want to say that it is still not cool to blow your nose around other people. Like, go to the fucking bathroom. I had a 7 a.m. flight, and I got my Uber at around 4.30 to the airport. The gate was quiet. No one was talking. And then a group of dudes came through so fucking loud. Read the fucking room. It's 5 in the morning. Shut the fuck up. Don't you realize you're sharing space with about 100 people who are all being fucking quiet? And they're all taking big, open-mouthed yawns like, I'm like, Oh my God, dude. And I put my mask on. I'm going to tell you what, parents traveling with young kids in the airports are fucking warriors. Y'all are a force. I heard like a row, a sea of fucking uh, suitcases rolling down the uh, hall of the airport. And I had to pull over because I got intimidated. And it was like a fucking wall. It was like the front line of a fucking army. I checked my back at the gate even though I wanted to carry on, but the gate agent asked for volunteers and I felt guilty. The luggage rules are actual fucking bullshit, but United texted me with my bag tracking. You can track your luggage. I did not even know you could do that, but it was the most convenient thing, and it made me feel uh, more secure in checking my bag at the gate. There was a cat crying on the plane, which made me appreciate Lydia even more because she was a perfect angel when we traveled. There was this fucking annoying guy behind me who kept stomping his feet and it was shaking my chair. I had to turn around and ask him to stop. He had on a man bun and Yeezys. So I was hoping it could be easy. And he just looked at me and said he would stop. Actually, he didn't say anything. He just shook his head. I might have scared him. I flew during the solar eclipse, so I feel like that has to be extra special. Oh, It should be illegal to not have a hook on a bathroom stall. Illegal, I tell you. Because my ass is just having to sit in the stall and put this purse around my neck while I'm trying to balance myself and hover over this fucking toilet seat so I don't have to put my ass on it because it's fucking disgusting. And there ain't no goddamn hook in the stupid bathroom. That should be illegal. You should be fined $1,000 every time there's not a hook in a bathroom stall in a business. So a new Salt Lake City episode aired and I love Salt Lake City because there are so many different religions and cultures. Heather's ex-Mormon, Monica's ex-Mormon, Angie Kay's Greek Orthodox, Lisa Barlow is Mormon, Meredith is Jewish, Whitney is ex-Mormon. There's just so many different cultures. In this episode, Angie Kay has a Greek Orthodox Easter party. Meredith was, the only, Meredith was the only one who wasn't invited because of the rumors. And Mary backs out because she has to go to her house in Vegas that flooded a year ago. So, you know, 
real pressing issue. So Monica loses her shit at this party. And I just want to preface this all that Monica is 40 fucking years old and she acts like a 14-year-old at Angie's Easter party. Angie confronts Monica and basically says what I said last week on the podcast, that if Monica was Angie's friend, she would have told her about the rumor about her husband in a different manner. Monica gets defensive and gets, for lack of better words, ratchet as fuck at the Easter brunch. Everyone's family is there. All the kids, all the grandparents. The Greek Orthodox priest is there. The food spread made my mouth water. It looked so fucking good. I love Greek food so much. Really, all Mediterranean and Middle Eastern food I just love. And Salt Lake City is so gorgeous with that snow everywhere. The lighting is amazing. So something that sets Monica off is her mom, Linda, or LD is how she introduces herself to everybody at Angie's brunch. Monica pops off and makes a complete ass in front of all of these people and their family and in front of her four daughters. And the Greek priest was there. This is not a behavior. This is not appropriate behavior for a mother of four in her 40s. And the worst thing is that her mom, OLD, was trying to calm Monica down and Monica spoke so disrespectfully to her. Monica is another perfect example that wisdom does not come with age. She turns all of her anger to her mom and flips the fuck out. Well, the whole party is basically taking OLD's side. Everyone is having fun, doing the Greek money dance, and Monica is just sitting in the corner pouting. And her mom tries to get Monica to join the fun. Monica gets fucking pissed, takes her kids out of the party, and tells her mom to find her own ride, ride home. And she goes, dead ass, to her mother. Come on, bro. Baby, you need therapy, like, bad. We also learn that Mary's son has been married for a year, living in her house, and she didn't know. He didn't tell her. When he finally tells her that he is actually married, Mary cries. And I've never seen that kind of emotion from her before. And she says something to him. She goes, don't be afraid to tell me anything, but... Obviously, he was. And that fear doesn't come out of thin air. It came from how Mary reacts. Which leads us to the rich bitch tip of the week. We need to learn how to control our reactions. I put myself in this category, and it is something that I'm working on every fucking day. Mary is someone who has big negative reactions to things. She does not give off an empathetic vibe. And so her son got married in secret. I understand this fear. I was afraid to tell my family that I was pregnant. And I waited until I was like seven months because I was scared. Because I was scared I was going to be disowned. And I'm learning that the way that we react to things tends to be a learned behavior, meaning we can unlearn it. Doing this work on yourself is only going to ripple effect into your relationships, your kids, your job. I wish Robert Jr. all the best in his new marriage. Society makes getting married seem magical, but never really talks to us about the marriage part. And the only frame of reference we really have is movies. And there are a lot of formative fucking movies that end with a happy fucking wedding. The Wedding Planner, starring Jennifer Lopez and Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. My Best Friend's Wedding, starring Julia Roberts and Cameron Diaz and that other guy who I forgot his name, but he's hot. 
Love Actually, which I've never seen, but I probably should. Crazy Rich Asians, starring Constance Wu and Henry Golding. That wedding at the end was so fucking beautiful. If you didn't want to get married before, that movie made you want to get married. But they don't show you what happens after that pretty ass wedding. So I am going to have guests. And my first guest, I believe, is going to be my daughter, Madison. So if you could, please text me with questions for Madison and things you would like me to ask her in her episode. 504-224-9919. That bitch is so funny. She one time, she one time locked herself out of her car in the Raisin Cane's drive-thru. No shit. Or as Monica would say, dead ass. I keep trying to have a traditional lifestyle, but the universe keeps telling me that I'm not going to have a traditional lifestyle. And I spoke to a friend who was experiencing the same thing, and she said that you kind of have to mourn the loss of a traditional life, and I feel that. I wanted to have kids and have my kids, play with my friends' kids. And although I have a fabulous daughter, I was ahead of the time and really didn't have any friends who had kids when Madison was little. That's okay, though. Who the fuck knows what's in store? We will just have to fucking see. I'm going to start telling people that I'm a stripper. I need to make up a fake occupation because when I tell people out and about that I'm an attorney, it only breeds more questions. And I don't need those kinds of problems right now. So the next time someone asks me what my occupation is, oh, what do you do for work? I'm going to be like, what should I say? I'm an exotic dancer. I'm an entertainment, you know, um, adult entertainment. And let's see how that goes. I had an interesting nail experience the other day. I was in Jackson, Mississippi, and the nail salon was fucking packed. There were all these older ladies, and they were arguing with the nail techs about a certain color. And this one lady kept saying, she wants 121. 121. She wanted Joe, but that color was for dip. They were embarrassed. A real Mississippi thing happened whenever I was in the nail salon. A man just randomly popped in and brought in fresh vegetables to sell in the nail salon. Many people bought the vegetables. The unfortunate thing is that I did not get nails. I just had my nails soaked off. But actually, that worked for me because they needed a little break. I do have an appointment in about 45 minutes to go get that shit fixed, though. And honey, it will be looking good because I'm having a bit of a bon voyage party tomorrow in New Orleans. So as I said earlier, I went to see Heather McMahon in Jackson, Mississippi. She was so fucking hilarious, but it was just like a sea of white women and a few white men. I might have been the most diverse person in there. Oh wait, there was definitely a lesbian in the front row who kept calling out and in a weird turn of events said that she was dating a woman who was sitting several rows back. Were they on the DL? I was confused. I gotta get a few things off my chest about some shows. Flash photography, please, and I mean, please, turn off your fucking flash when you're taking a picture, and especially when you're taking a video. We have all these tech-deprived drunk fucks videoing with a fucking flash on and fucking up the whole fucking vibe. Also, drinks. Venues need to figure this shit out. I feel like there needs to be free water. I've stopped drinking alcohol at shows because I just end up peeing nonstop, but I still like to have a little beverage so that I'm not parched. And I don't really want a Coca-Cola, so I want a little water, but I don't feel like I have to wait an hour in line to get a fucking water. 
you also need more bathrooms. There is nothing like the feeling like you are about to piss yourself because Mary Jo won't shut the fuck up and realize that there are three fucking empty stalls in the bathroom. So part of my Bon Voyage party tomorrow is seeing DJ James Kennedy in a club. My sister and I splurged and got a section and I've literally never done bottle service before and I am so fucking excited. I hope there are sparklers. Honestly, there is no way I could go to a club without having a place to sit down. No fucking way. And I might need to bring earplugs and I might need to take a nap. I also don't think I've ever been to a club, so there's that. Congratulations, y'all. You have made it to the end of episode seven of The Rich Room. Hit me up with your questions and comments at 504-224-9919. I don't know what the fuck that was, but it's there. Follow me at Lindsay underscore Sobel and also follow at The Rich Room Podcast. Leave us five stars everywhere you can. I appreciate the fuck out of y'all. See you later.